Hey everyone, it's Ariel Helwani. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the Helwani Show. It is Thursday, May 19th, 2022. I hope you're doing well. Thank you very much to my good friends, the lovely Feathers, for this great theme song. It's called Frantic. I can't wait for the reunion. I'm very excited about today's program, my friends. Very, very, very excited. As you probably know, I'm a lifelong Buffalo Bills fan. I've been a fan since 1990, so since I was eight years old. I was watching the Super Bowl when they played the Giants back in the day. Tampa, they lose last second, wide right, Scott Norwood. You know the story, probably. And I was heartbroken for these guys that I didn't really know much about. And all of a sudden, I decided, that's my squad. I'm going to be a fan of these guys. And ever since then, I've been a Bills fan, uh, have been following them for quite some time. And uh, for a very long time, it was not very fun being a Bills fan. It is fun being a Bills fan now. And you can imagine my excitement, my joy, my surprise when a member of the Bills uh, named John Feliciano was retweeting, liking some of my MMA content. All of a sudden, I was like, holy smokes, a guy who actually plays for the Buffalo Bills, a living, breathing human being who actually plays for the Bills is a fan of my work, or at the very least, a fan of MMA. And so because of that, we grew to uh, you know become friendly with each other. And he's been on my ESPN radio show back in the day. And it was great. I had an actual person who I knew on the Bills. Unfortunately, this offseason, he was released by the Bills, and now he's a member of the New York Football Giants. And I'm very happy that he's a, a member of the Giants if he can't be on the Bills because, you know, close to where I live, there's a lot of familiar faces on the Giants, and uh, he's a great guy who deserves a big-time opportunity, and he's going to get one with the Giants. He's been in the NFL since 2015. He's played for the Oakland Raiders, the Buffalo Bills, and now the Giants, drafted by the Raiders, uh, known to be a scrapper, the kind of guy that you want on your squad in the foxhole with you, battling for you. There's a famous moment where he just like rams a member of the Chiefs because he's standing over Josh Allen uh, two years ago in Kansas City. Just seems like the ultimate teammate. And uh, he's a big MMA fan, like I said as well. He has, though, an incredible backstory, and he has been through so very much. Uh, you know, essentially was homeless for a period of time. When he was in high school, he's been through a lot with his family, with his parents, with his siblings. Uh, his story is one of, uh, I mean, in my opinion great inspiration. There's a lot to learn about not giving up, about you know believing in yourself, about not succumbing to the pressures of life. Uh, and he really opens up about that period in his life. And also when he made it to the NFL, uh, feeling very depressed and also, as he put it, suicidal. So it's a great conversation with an NFL star, a starter for the New York football giants, a former Buffalo Bill, about his departure from the Bills, about signing with the Giants, about his tough past, about overcoming all of that, and about his love of MMA. A great conversation with a great guy. His name, John Mongo Feliciano. He is our guest this week. I hope you enjoy it. So a lot has happened. Uh, you're now with the Giants, no longer with the Bills. And I, I have mixed emotions here, John, because you're one of my favorite players. We're buddies. We love MMA. We text sometimes. We DM this and that. And it was mm -hmm. so cool to me, John, that I actually knew a living and breathing player on the Buffalo Bills, my <laughs> lifelong favorite team since 1990. You re-signed last year. I'm like, this is great. We got, what, three yeah. more years of Mongo on the team. And then you leave in the offseason. Shoot straight with me. What happened here? Why aren't you on the Bills anymore? I was fired. Come on. <laughs> How did this happen? Nah, um, I mean, I think it's a combination of a bad 
case of injuries uh, the last the last two seasons. Um, there's nothing but love there. Uh, there's you know things happen. Um, I could have been better some places. They could have been better some places. You know, it's there. It's it's a business and um, it's bittersweet. Uh, but I'm super excited to be home in uh, New York, and I'm just excited to be a Giant right now. Okay, so there's a lot that I want to ask you about that. First of all, I see a lot of the Giant media guys, the New York guys, talk about mm-hmm. this being home for you. I know you were born on Long Island, but you rep Miami. Mm-hmm. Like everything about every sports team I see you rooting for is Miami. The whole thing is Miami. Is this really home for you, or is this a nice little storyline? No, no, it's uh, it's home. It, it, it was more home before college because after college, but before college, I would be in New York every spring break, every summer, every Christmas break. I have so much family up here that. <laughs> As soon as I sign with the Giants, my phone just boom, 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 boom. Everyone's texting me. My uncle has been a Giants fan for years. Uh, it's it's definitely home, but I definitely rep Miami a lot. Uh, true or false? You actually grew up as a Jets fan. True. Oh my! I was a big Curtis Martin, Wayne Corbett, Santana Moss, Chad Pennington, Jonathan. Like you know, I was a I was a Jets guy, but that's dead, and that died when I. Went to Buffalo originally. Right. Really, when I went to Oakland, because we played him a couple times. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to be a G man. So go, going back to uh, last season with the Bills, you say you could have done some things better. I mean, you you had a lot of bad luck, right? The injuries, COVID. Yeah. What could you have done better in retrospect? Um, <laughs> you know, I see I see you biting your tongue on me here, John. Come on, this is a safe space. No, I'll get I'll give it to you. The real. I mean, you know they. they over there, they uh, talk about, you know, they want you to be yourself. And sometimes I was a little bit too much of myself and I could have been a little more professional as in yeah. like yelling at a couple of guys that probably shouldn't have yelled at. Uh, like the, the stars? Time, they, no, more oh. upstairs people. Got it. Uh, okay. I get it. <laughs> but, you know, it goes to both, both ways. I mean, they could have. Uh, we can, you know, it's business, whatever. But mm-hmm. there, at the end of the day, uh, there was no hard feelings. Um, so when I got that call from Dean and Sean, you know, we knew it was coming. Um, which, you know, the money I was going to make and the direction I think they were deciding to go, we, we kind of knew it was going to happen. Um, and that conversation was nothing but love. And, uh, you know, I, I understand the business. Um, and I, uh, I definitely appreciate Buffalo for, for the growth that that uh, I was able to have when I was there. And um, who knows what happens? I'm on a one-year deal with the Giants. Uh, if they don't extend me, you know, who knows? There's hope. I thought maybe yeah. they uh, wanted to part ways because you, you ragged on their pizza. It's a very controversial take that you had. Before the separate, or at that point, did you know that you were leaving? So it was safe. No, I already knew. I already okay. knew. I, was <laughs> um, I mean, I knew when I was I was leaving probably when uh, I came back and I wasn't starting. Um, really? From that, yeah. From that on, uh, you kind of get the sense. Um, whatever, it happens. Was that tough? Definitely, uh, it was really tough. Um, I gave so much to that organization and. Uh, I really em- embraced being in Buffalo and being a Bill. Um, 
and then you know being buddies with Josh and all the guys um it was definitely very tough uh I read a book about it an undefeated mind I started reading that probably in January because I, I knew I knew you know I knew it was gonna be tough as when you give when you play like I play and and when you really try to embrace the culture embrace the team it's like breaking up with the girlfriend breaking up with your they're having a divorce um so mentally it was tough january february march you know those three months not knowing kind of knowing but mm-hmm. not it not happening then um but again when i talked to bean and sean on that phone call it was no hard feelings. We all understood the business of it. We all kind of, it was a, it was a, it was a, I've never been cut before. That was my first time being cut. Um, but it was definitely like, I don't think I wouldn't say like a normal cutting cause we were all like not laughing, but we were all in good spirits and really? all understood what, yeah. Cause you know, when you, when you know, it's coming for that long, I kind of had already started the process of grieving. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of when I got the call, it was kind of like a breath of fresh air. Like, oh, okay, now we can move on to the next step. Mm-hmm. Uh, that book that you mentioned, what did you learn from it? I'm, I'm not familiar with it, but what did you learn and why did you feel like it was necessary to read that in that moment? I took some notes. Oh, wow. Um, just because. And who I'm recommended it to you? Um, I'm pretty sure I probably saw it on like the JRE podcast or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was one, two, three, four, five main things that I took from the book, which was articulate your life's mission, turning poison into medicine, endure pain, conquer fear, and gain inspiration from others who gain an undefeated mind. Uh, just because I knew the toll it was going to take on me mentally. Um, just because when I was there, I kind of, Buffalo is a special place in that not it's not everywhere where linemen d linemen or o linemen get embraced like that like in the city you know what i'm saying like kyle was mm-hmm. the man out there lorenzo when i got there there's always like they, they appreciate the 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 big man and i kind of saw myself as you know when lorenzo left trying to step into that role to to be the the fat man in charge out there uh so I, I knew that it, it was a tough thing. I'd never been cut before. Uh, I, pr- I prided myself on that, um, and I, you know, I knew it was coming. I knew how. I knew. I know myself, and I, I wanted to make sure mentally I was all right. Um, I, I think you were hospitalized, correct, due to the COVID battle. How bad was it? Yeah. So um, Saturday, I felt fine. Went to bed around like ten thirty, and then one o'clock rolled around and I was like bad. I was sweating. I was like, I had really bad back pain for some mm. reason, like pain, real bad pain. Um, I was like in the shower, like curled up, like just with water. I was like trying to just gut through it. And then five thirty rolls around and I'm like, all right, we play out one. So I'm like messaging, uh, Nate Bresky, who's our athletic head athletic trainer. And, you know, he's sleeping. He's not getting the messages. So, like, around 6, I was like, forget, like I can't take it anymore. I had to call him. And I was like, dude, like, I'm effed up. Like, 
I just need to like get some fluids and maybe get like something to take the pain away. Cause I, at that time I was like, I'm going to play this game, especially because coming off of an injury, you know, they didn't put me back in right away. So I was like, like, I'm not missing this game. Um, so then he was like, it was like seven o'clock around this time. And he was like, why don't you just go to the hospital, get a, get a bag of IV. Um, and uh, I'm still trying to make the game. So, cause I would go to the stadium, but the IV people don't get to the stadium until like 10. Mm. So I was like, you know, if I can get IVs and maybe get like a two or three hour nap in, I'll be ready to go. Uh, but then, you know, I got to the hospital and the pain is just really bad. Um, and the you know, classic, you know, sick, sick feeling. And then they're like, you know, we're going to have to test you. And I was like, damn, I was hoping, you know, we can kind of bypass that. I was, we pull some strings or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I got the test and came back positive. And then, you know, I was out, you know, I was out maybe like 20 minutes after that. You know, I, I didn't stay in the hospital too long. Okay. But, uh, I really, I, I went to the hospital so I can like get some fluids and, and try to try to make this game. If, if you don't, I mean, hindsight 2020, all that stuff, but if you don't get COVID, do you think you're still on the bills? Yeah, probably potentially. Cause I mean, yeah, I think so. That's a crazy thing. And I know mm-hmm. everyone's had to deal with it. I mean, the team in, in, in like, in many respects, I felt like was at the epicenter of all of it with the stuff with Cole internally, mm-hmm. Did it create any sort of drama within the team? I mean, it seemed like a lot of noise, and I saw you would always have his back and other players on the team mm-hmm. would have his back, and I know you're very close to him. Um, mm-hmm. But there was a lot of drama and stuff that players don't usually have to deal with, very personal stuff. It almost felt uncomfortable to read this stuff, right? Like, I don't know if you've gotten your flu shot, and I don't really care if you got it, let alone yeah. that stuff. But it became such a big deal, and especially about the Bills. Internally, what did it do to the uh, locker room? Speaking of bees, when worlds collide, his album just dropped. That's uh, right. Get it? Nice. It's great. Um, but you gonna honestly, bring him to the Giants? <laughs> I'm trying. We yeah. we're trying, but uh, you know our cap is pretty. It's pretty tight cap right now. Um, honestly, no. It, like in the building, it nothing changed. I mean, we're honestly like I know like they try to make it into a bigger thing than it was, but honestly nothing changed within even when jerry had his uh he he said his stance about it there was never any like combativeness inside the locker room in the locker room, you can actually like talk say your piece say what you want listen to him and like everything nothing's like you can still be cool you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um you know jerry and uh, jerry's wife and b's wife they're super cool you know like that their families are really good like real cool like they're both from texas they both had that texas connection there was never anything within the locker room that co- like that caused rifts concerning okay. covid um and i promise i'm not only going to ask you about the bills but i just have a few more questions about questions yeah, i about. get it You're, that's, that's your peeps that's yeah your peeps. man i'm and, here for me hey, i'm here for you i appreciate that i appreciate that um could I just say one of my favorite Feliciano Bills moments, and you might think this is weird, but it's the it's the reason why I'm such a fan of yours and why I grew up loving guys like Charles Oakley in basketball. That game against the Chiefs two years ago when, you know, Josh is on the... Cost me, cost me 20K. Yeah. Damn, 20K. <laughs> you come out out of nowhere, but you had your guys back. Like, you, you yeah. freaking sprinted over there to have your guy back. 
that cost you twenty k. Did you pay for it, or did did Josh uh, pick up the check? No, I, I paid for it. I, I didn't ask him. I didn't ask him to. Uh, what about you? Like, makes you want to do that? Why do you do that, knowing that there's going to be repercussions, right? Honestly, I like. I wish I wouldn't. <laughs> really, it's not worth it. I mean, it? Um, I wouldn't say that. I you know. I, I love. I like watching the clip over and over. <laughs> it is a great it. clip. You know, you're on you're on Instagram and you're flipping through stories, and then you see. I'm like, oh, that's me. Um, I mean, I think it goes back to what I was saying before, and like just embracing being a Buffalo Bill and um, which I'm going to do here and being a giant, uh, same thing. No one's going to touch Daniel like that. I mean, that was, it was just like, you know, it was a cheap shot. I get it. Like you were happy you had a sack. Uh, but, you know, I just, I play the game the right way. I feel like there's only one way I know how to play the game. And if I'm not playing like that, I don't believe I'm as good of a player. Uh, speaking of Josh, it seemed like you guys had a great relationship, still do have a great relationship. Uh, I remember the mm-hmm. video when you were hurt and he's bringing you uh, a glass of wine, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is he like as a teammate and uh, how would you describe your relationship with him? Um, you know, you know, when you're like nine or 10 and you have like your best friend and you guys are just silly all the time, pushing each other and just doing all the little boy things. That's what Josh is. He's like, a 10 year old trapped in a man's body. Uh, he is, he makes the, like the dread of the season, you know, week, whatever there's, there's always like a week nine to whatever. Like there's always like that, that grind part of the season where Josh always shines to, and making you laugh or I'm, I'm, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm very grumpy in the morning. Okay. Like, like this, (laughs) <laughs> from right. from like six to like whenever after individual is and when we get into team stuff then i'm happy uh but josh would just always just try to mess with me and just make me laugh and i would be like so mad in the morning and then i would get him back and like walkthroughs or something but uh he's just a fun dude to be around he you you want to play for him because he just doesn't care about his body you know on sundays he'd be or mondays he'd walk in just like limping like beat up but like every week he's out there just giving it his all and giving throwing his body around and doing stupid stuff that is amazing though <laughs> that we get nervous about and then he doesn't you're just like yeah let's go um but yeah he's a great dude i love him i'm assuming you you've talked since you left the team um mm-hmm. did he reach out to you did he say anything to you that you can share about you know your departure yeah, I mean, he was uh, he was sad. It's uh, he knew I had his back, even if that made me stick out a little bit. Um, and I'm trying I to would, read between the lines here, but what you're saying, uh, I would say things that needed to be said that would help the team ultimately. And, okay, can you elaborate uh, on that? No. Okay, <laughs> I had to ask. Uh, but in your opinion, um, it was for the greater good of the team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I and like I said before, I don't think there's any ill will on either side. Um, it's just a business, you know. I was making X amount of dollars uh, that uh, this year, potentially, which would have been this year, um, mm-hmm. and I w- didn't say healthy. Um, it happens. 
How do you feel about the fact that you can sign uh, a long-term deal in the NFL, but then they can cut you? Like, you know, it, it actually reminds me a bit of MM, like MMA. MMA, you mm-hmm. can sign a six-fight deal and everyone's celebrating, but then you lose one fight and then they can cut mm-hmm. you. They can cut you, but you can't leave, right? Like, you couldn't yeah. call the bills and say, I'm out, but they can do that to you. Is that yeah. fair? Should that change? I feel like it's starting to change a little bit. Um especially the last like year or two. Uh, I feel like, you know, how in the NBA players get whatever they want. Cause it's a player living, uh, player living league. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the NFL is going in that way with social media helps that a lot. You see guys like, um, buddy from the 49ers or, or K one taking all his Instagram stuff out. I think the players starting to get a little more power in that sense. Um, but like yeah, like if a coach gets fired, he still gets his money. Um, yeah. So it would be nice. It would be nice if the players got that. But I also understand the other way because you know there's 53 players for you know 46 in it on Sundays, 60 whatever on a team. It's kind of harder when you know NBA. I think he has like 15 guys. So there's a lot more guys. That's a lot more money to go around. But you know, there should be a, a, a some give and take from each side, I feel like. Uh, knowing that it was probably coming to an end in January, mm-hmm. um, can you describe how you felt in Kansas City? I mean, heartbreak, I, I don't even know if I'm over it, to be honest, but uh, because you probably wanted to be more involved and you know maybe the uh, the run is coming to an end for you, I would imagine maybe a mix of emotions. Can you describe how you felt in the locker room after the game? Um, I mean, to be honest, I was like, Hmm. I don't know if I, I mean, I was definitely like sad for my, my player, my, my, my teammates. Um, I did what I can on the sideline. I, I don't like, I was coaching up people. I was every time Gabe scored, I was on his hip. I was like, I'm there for you. Um, but I mean, you can't lie. There's a part of me that wasn't like, oh, y'all got what you deserved. Cause you know, I feel like I want, I would have been, I, I honestly, when you look back at that game, there wasn't, it was like they were playing football and there was no like everyone was just going through the motions as in like not like there wasn't anyone like challenging like in the face of the KC's defense or like there was no attitude out there I feel like and I feel like that's what I bring and I feel like potentially if there was that it would have been such a close game but who knows I might be wrong Sure. No, I understand. You have confidence in yourself. I, I've heard mm-hmm. some stories that, like the the kickoff, the 13 seconds left kickoff was actually a mistake. That it was not supposed to go into the end zone. It was supposed to be a squib, but the, I guess the uh, the play didn't get to the the kickoff team. Is that true? Uh, I honestly, I, I'm not sure. I'm not uh, like if if I knew, I would tell you. But honestly, yeah. I'm not like at that point. Um, I was definitely like celebrating with Josh and I was, we're talking, we're at that point, we're like talking with like amongst the old line, like, and all this other stuff. So we, uh, I wasn't, uh, I'm not sure about that one. Um, I believe in my heart, you guys win that game. You're winning the Super Bowl. There was no chance you're losing to Cincinnati at home and then Rams get out of here. That would have, that would have been such a hard, uh, hard game for Cincinnati to come into 
uh, Buffalo with the, the crowd would have been insane. It would have been a night game, hopefully, or mm-hmm. potentially. It, that's a hard place to play that late in the season with those that fan base and that quarterback. What, let's be your, honest. Let's be honest. Josh. Josh makes that thing go. Oh my god! I mean Josh that game. Won. That game against New England the week before was one of the greatest performances I've ever seen on a football field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's outrageous. And like, to even when he's dealing with injuries, like he's out there, you would never know. Like he had a bad injury after that Tampa Bay game um, on his like ankle or heel or something. And I forgot who we played after that, but he went off and like acted like there was nothing wrong. And he had a pretty substantial injury. Um, and that's what he does. And that guy, I wish him the best. And uh, he makes that thing go. Your job, in essence, is to protect the quarterback and, you know, boiling it down to its simplest form. Not to name names, but throughout your career as a football player, have you ever had to protect someone that you didn't like? Like you thought this guy was a bit of an a-hole and does it make things a lot more enjoyable when you actually genuinely like the guy that you have to protect? Um, no, I've had pretty great quarterbacks. Okay, like, so you've never had a guy that you're uh, like, I don't really like this guy and I wouldn't mind if he actually gets sacked a few times. <laughs> no. Okay. No, uh, they're, they're, they're usually pretty good guys. Um, I'm trying to think. <sighs> Derek's a great guy. You can't say nothing bad about Derek. Josh is Josh. Daniel's a good dude. Um, I mean, not that he wasn't a bad dude, but my second year with Oakland, going Derek broke his ankle right before the playoffs. And then we played in Houston, and we had Connor Cook at the quarterback, and we were like, ah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's out of the league now. No, no disrespect to Connor. He's, sure, a, sure. he's a good dude, but uh, we it was. It wasn't there. We, I think we would have had a pretty good uh, chance that year, too, that with Oakland, if Derek didn't get hurt. What is your favorite memory as a Bill? Favorite game, favorite performance? Um, probably when I came back from my pec injury, uh, 2020, 2020 uh, the game against the Patriots when I played center. Uh I think I moved in. I think Mitch got had. I don't remember if I started at center or Mitch got hurt and I went into center. Um, but it was just like the emotion of, I mean, dudes, when they tear their pick, that sometimes they miss the whole season. Um, and to, thanks to Joe Mika, uh, the trainer out there who really, and Joe Collins, those two guys out there that really uh, did everything they could to help me get back that quick. And then, to come back and and have a significant role in winning the game. Uh, I mean, I was in tears at the, like at the end of the game. I was like bawling in the locker room. Wow, that is amazing. Um, when you when the news came out that you were leaving, I think mm-hmm. everyone was like, "Oh, he's definitely going to the Giants." Dayball's there, Bobby Johnson's there. It just seemed like the natural move. Did you even talk to anyone else? I did. I did. But the funny story that. Our last, uh, t- our last offensive meeting after we lost to the Chiefs. I don't remember if Dave's had already taken the job or it was like he was going to get another interview for the job. Um, but, you know, I already knew that I was most likely going to get cut. Uh, so in passing, I was like, hey, Dave's, 
it'll be a lot easier to run your offense with the center that knows what he's doing. And he just laughed and like kept going. (laughs) And then, you know, turns out that I'm here, but yeah, there was other interest, but, um, there was a lot of interest at guard. Um, but you know, Dave's and, and, and OG Bobby Johnson, he, uh, they knew what I can do at center and, and they're, you know, they're pretty adamant about me going to be able to play play center here. It seems like that's so a it, was big, an, it was kind of a no brainer. Yeah. Why, um, why is playing center so important to you right now at this point? Just because I, honestly, it's, it's been my best position for ever. Um, but when I was in Oakland, they had Rodney Hudson, who been the best center in the league for the last five, six years. Um, and then when I signed with Buffalo, like no one see me play, like Bobby knew because Bobby was in Oakland with me, but I only played center with Oakland in that playoff game that I was talking about the Texans. And I only played like maybe a quarter and then Rodney came back. They see me play a lot of guard. I play left guard and right guard uh, in Oakland. So that film was what helped me get to Buffalo along with Bobby. Um, and then that same year they signed Mitch, who's a great guy, great, good center. Um, and you know, they money, my mid, you know, I think he was the highest paid center at one point. Um, so like, I just get plugged in at guard, which like you were saying, like my, uh, the way I played the game helps me and is why I'm usually on the field. Um, and I'm a lot better right guard than I am left guard. So that was another reason why I didn't want to really, you know, that, that split between me and Buffalo was great for good for me and, and good for them as well. Um, and being able to play center, which I consider myself very smart uh, football wise. Um, so dissecting a defense, making the mic point, making changing protections, like all that crap gets me up in the morning. That's what that, I'm I'm so like I'm, I haven't had this much fun playing. I, mean, I know it's only OTAs and we haven't done much, but I'm having a blast out here right now. Just being able to really lead the room in Buffalo, there was kind of like a no one really knew who the leader was. Um, there was you know everyone was trying to between you know usually the center is the leader. Um, so we had that like Mitch is we're like okay Mitch might be the leader. I was trying to lead, and then you know Dion was another guy. So here being able to have clarity and and have the final say in things because I'm the center. Uh, it's been great. Can you describe the vibes right now that you're experiencing? Because as you said, OTA is starting. Um, mm-hmm. You're the new kid, but you know the O-line coach. You know the head coach. You, I mean, you've gone to yeah. war with these guys. I've seen you talk mm-hmm. about Dave all like FaceTiming you almost every day mm-hmm. just to chat. So it seems like you have a great relationship. So it's like you're the new kid on the block, but you have an intimate relationship with the yeah. important player. So what are you experiencing right now? New teammates, right? New quarterback, yeah. new setting, been, but you know these guys. It's been like great. Like I'm not, I'm not even gonna lie. Like I'm not even trying to stay up here and just, you know, just say it cause I'm on the team. But honestly with Bobby as well, like Bobby, he's been able to truly be himself out here. And, uh, it's been great around here. Like the old line room has been great. Um, well, it's been fun to, sit back and kind of watch Dayball be a head coach. Hmm. Cause you know, sometimes when, when guys become head coaches from being a coordinator, they switch up and, you know, they try to act like someone they coached before or like a head coach that they, they, they coached on there before. 
and honestly, that's not Babes has been great, man. It's been fun out here. We've been having a lot of fun. He's been talking a lot of trash as he does. He hasn't changed, and and that's really refreshing. And uh, I think we're building a culture out here that is similar. I feel like we are. If I can really like give a good picture, I think when I first went to Buffalo in 2019. I feel like that's kind of where we are right now as the Giants. Um, 2019, I think we signed six O-linemen uh, at Buffalo, and I, we did the same thing here. Um, and I think Daniel is similar to Josh. Maybe not athletic, as athletic, but definitely arm talent is up there. Um, and I feel like he just needs some time. Your story, John, you don't need me to tell you this, is is quite inspiring. Um, it's incredible that you're even in the NFL and have had thus far a very successful career in the NFL, went to the University of Miami, graduated, had a great career there as well. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you, you were born with a foot deformity? Um, and, yeah, and but I don't break. really remember that much. I guess I was a little bow-legged and uh, I had to wear these like braces where that like straightened my leg out a little bit. Sort of like Forrest Gump, right? Yeah, I guess so. And your mom, I, I read, would have to like massage your feet and had great faith that you would get, like they told, apparently the doctor told you you wouldn't play sports or wouldn't be, you know, incredibly athletic. You wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to run properly. That's incredible. How old were you when you got over that? Honestly, I, I didn't even know that it was even a thing until that <laughs> came out. And then they told my mom, I, like, I didn't even realize. She kept it um, from you? I guess. It was, I might have. It might have been when I was a lot younger, so you know you don't really remember stuff when you're like one or two. Um, but yeah, man, it's been a hell of a ride. It, it's been a, it's definitely like I pride myself in still being here. Uh, a lot of my uh, former teammates, like in college and stuff, who who I thought were you know better, like in different positions or like got more notoriety or whatever. Uh, to still be here and outlasting some of the guys, it, it feels good. Um, and, and I hope you don't mind me bringing up a bit of your past, but your story is mm-hmm. really uh, something else, and I've gone to learn more about it. Uh, so you grow up in, in New York until you're 10. Your parents get divorced. Your mom. Uh, so I was three. My parents three. got divorced when I was three. Yeah. Oh, and wow. I moved okay. down to South Florida. I moved to Miami. I spent um, a good seven years bouncing around in South Miami. Uh, and then I moved up to Broward County when I was in fifth grade, so um, I was like 10. Those early days in Miami, those days in mm-hmm. South Florida, fair to say they were tough on the family? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, yes. And then no, my mom had a pretty good boyfriend then who uh, really kind of, things didn't really start feeling weird until like, fifth grade when my mom and her then boyfriend broke up and then we moved out of the house. We spent like a month living. I was living on the floor, like in my mom's friend's house, wasn't going to school. And then we moved out to Davy, Florida, got a trailer out there. And then everything was pretty normal again until, uh, high school. And then, um, my mom worked at a nightclub, um, so money was never really, we never really had a lot of money. Um, and then around 10th grade, our, our trailer was deemed condemned for some reason. Um, and then my mom and my older brother 
uh, left and moved in. My, my mom moved in with my grandparents in New York and my uh, little brother was in New York already with my dad and my older brother. I'm pretty sure I went to New York or he went to like Michigan just to grow weed for some reason. Um, so, and my dad was always like, since I, since I was young, my dad always like tried to get me to move up to New York, but, uh, I was just hell bent on becoming a Miami hurricane. And I knew they, I was like, I only started playing football in ninth grade. I wasn't like a big name athlete, like a big name prospect. And I was like, I need to stay down here to, if I want to go to Miami. Um, so from like 10th grade to like the summer before 12th grade, I was just bouncing around different homes. Uh, my then girlfriend, uh, Alexis Vanistrand, their family was really great to me, clothing me and feeding me and giving me a place to sleep. Uh, and my best friend who, who's passed his family, Sean Cole, his family is, that's where I spent most of my time just sleeping in, in his room on a little twin bed on the floor. Uh, spent like, it was like that for a good year and a half. Um, but you know, I honestly, I didn't, I thought it was normal. I didn't, you know, I didn't realize that that wasn't out of the norm. Um, so yeah, I was basically homeless for a year and a half. Uh, as well, like, I have a really big, like, really strong connection with uh, my high school and, and just Davie, Florida, and the whole because they, in high school, they would, you know, slip me a Publix gift card to to go get food. Wow. Um, my basketball coach Steve Todd and and my football coach Rashad West, like those guys, I, I just immersed myself into sports, so I wasn't, I was at school all the time, so like when I went home or went to where I was staying, it was like they would feed me dinner or, and then I would, you know, go to take a shower and go to sleep and then just wake up and do the whole thing again. Just kept, you know, you keep your head down and keep just grind. And sometimes you would even go back to that condemned home. Yeah. yeah. No electricity, no water. No. Why? Yes. You know, I felt like a burden. Uh, my, my buddy's trailer was literally like, if I stood up, my head would be like this, like, wow grazing it i had like duck and and you know they weren't well off um my my buddy's mom worked with my mom for a while uh and then like they were a single family home or they're like his dad and mom were divorced too and they didn't have that much money and you know i just felt bad i didn't want to feel like a burden to people and basketball was your first love not football Mm -hmm. what kind of basketball player were you great yeah. Just like the Miami Heat. That's right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I see the Heat tweets <laughs> and they're in the Eastern Conference Finals and some way, somehow they always seem to figure it out. Like the Heat don't know how to Pat rebuild. Pat Riley, baby. Pat, Pat Riley. the rat. Pat the rat. The That's what we come here in New oh. York. <laughs> no, but it's cool. Listen, Heat culture. It's such a great thing. Everyone talks about Heat culture. Meanwhile, the fans don't it's show real. up until the second quarter. What's up with these fans? Yeah. Cause they're in the, there's like a club in the, in, in, in the stadium. There's a club. There's like gourmet food out in the back. Like they're, they're there. They're just making their way. They're to just, the seats. yeah, they're just slowly, but surely. Um, but, but that like when you were seventh grade, eighth grade, the dream was to play in the NBA, not the NFL, right? Kind of. I was like, I would say younger. So I played basketball on like AU from like, kindergarten to fifth grade my my mom's boyfriend was the coach so 
I would like nice. get to go do get to go do sports. Um, and then when we moved to, to Davia, my mom you know, worked at night, so she wasn't really around to take me to like practice or do anything. Um, so then we started playing football in the trailer parks and I fell in love with football, especially I got fat when I got pretty big. I was like, all right, I can still ball, you know, I can still go to the, the Y and play some basketball. Um, but then I felt before my mom and her boyfriend broke up, he had took me to a Canes game and it was after it was, they played Washington. It was like after Washington broke their uh, 50 or I think it was 56 game win streak at home. So it was like the grudge match and they put, they, they scored like 60 on them. I think Washington scored like three or something. And being in the, in, in the stands and, and watching the Canes run out the smoke and, Watching, you know, I think Sean Taylor and and Edry and all those guys out there ball, uh, I fell in love with football that that moment. And from that moment on, it was like I want to be a Hurricane. Is is it true that the Hurricanes didn't show you a lot of love? And then one day, you and your high school coach went to a spring game, and like again, talk about inspiration. He literally like guided you to go where the bus was, and you had a tape. And you just passed it off to one of the coaches like that. That's what you had to do to get them to notice you. Yeah. To be fair, no one really uh, was really looking at me. No one showed you. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, like my high school wasn't uh, They're a lot better now, but then we weren't like, you know, we were stuck with getting beat up by St. Thomas all the time and we weren't like really good. Um, but yeah, so we went to the spring game and we were in the stands and you can see like on the field where all their high, high name prospects were and everyone would get in love. And we're like, all right, after the spring game, we're going to run on the field and, you know, see we can, what we can do. And then they wouldn't let us on the field. And I was like all sad, like a crying puppy dog, like sad face. And my coach, as we were walking to the car, my coach is like, coach West was like, I have an idea. And like, he like knew where the buses were. So we went over to buy the buses and we just waited and coach, uh, Thomas Robinson, um, thing. Thomas Robinson. Um, I, I can't, I always remember what he said because he, he looked me up and down and was like, you got the frame for it or something. <laughs> and so we handed him his, my tape. And then, uh, about a week, you know, a week goes by, you don't hear anything. And then like probably like 10 days after, uh, I had a call from Coach Stoutland, and you know, like, oh, we want you to come for an unofficial, blah blah blah. So we set up the unofficial. I didn't even need an unofficial; like, I already knew I was going to commit. So I, we set up the unofficial. We go there, and then meet Coach Shannon. Great time. Get home, and then they call me when I get home, and they're like, "Hey, we want to offer you. We're going to offer you blah blah blah." And I was like, "All right, cool. I, I commit." <laughs> and then they're like. Oh, you don't want to like take time and like ask your mom or anything? And I was like, "Hey, mom, committed in Miami." And that was like, it. All right. And that was it. At that point, was Miami the dream, like the end of the dream, or did you think you could make it to the NFL? No, uh, it was the end of the dream. Like, I remember my first year, I got redshirted, and I was on the practice squad or whatever, whatever they call it in mm-hmm. college. And I was getting my face blasted in. I was like, Olivier Vernon was kicking my butt. Um, Regis, um, Marcus uh, Forston, I forgot his last name. But anyways, I was getting my 
face beat in. And I was like, damn, like, at least I'll get a good education. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I was almost ready to quit, too. And I was, like, talking to Coach Stalin and, and you know, they, they just, like, they're like, buddy, this is growing pains. Like, this is what happens. Like, And then going into that, after the first year I was redshirted, going into that summer, I just kind of worked my balls off and uh, ended up starting, like, the second at right tackle, the second week of – my redshirt freshman year against Ohio State, which was great because my brother, my older brother, was a big Ohio State fan, and I hated them. Mm. And then to be able to go out and then beat them, I was on cloud nine. And, uh, you know, we don't have to get into your whole family history, but you're, you're glossing over a lot of stuff that I think people should know. Your mom's a two-time cancer survivor. Is she okay mm-hmm. now? Um, unfortunately, we don't have a great relationship. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, but... uh. She's okay right now. Um, your father, former MTA bus driver, mm-hmm. um, does he live in the area? Do you have a relationship with him? Yeah, he's like me and him are like best friends. Uh, okay, growing up, you know, growing up in a in a family that you know got divorced, it's you know it, it happens. Mothers hate the fathers. They they talk you know down or bad about the guy, and he was always so far you know, being in New York and, and honestly, my dad is, (laughs) we have similar like attitudes. He's very just like no BS borderline grumpy. But once you get to know him, like he's just a funny little a-hole. So me and him really like best friends. Uh, Your younger brother uh, Mm -hmm. born deaf. Chris, yeah. How is he doing now? He's good. He's, you know, bouncing around, staying with my mom, just you know, being a little, being a kid. Okay. He needs to grow up, but he's he's me and him are really tight. And then you mentioned your older brother, who mm-hmm. was the Ohio State fan. Uh, you had a bit of a tough relationship growing up. Like I think he was very physical towards you, to put yeah. it mildly. Um, yeah. Are you guys cool now? No. Okay. No, we don't really talk that much. All right. I haven't really talked to him in like six, seven years. Okay. Wow. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, and I don't mean to, to bring up all this no, you're uh, good. family stuff. You're good. But, I uh, mean, people need to realize like people like, like just cause you know, you make it in the league or whatnot, like shame always like sunshine and rainbows. People, people try sometimes they, you know, they want to take advantage of you, especially mm-hmm. now cause you got like a little bit of money. Um, people expect a lot of things from you and if you don't do exactly what they want you to do then you're a piece of shit you know so my i really i did a good job of you know family to me is not always just blood i have a really tight group of friends and you know my dad and you know good family members uh but you know blood i feel like can only take you so far sometimes because you endured those hardships as a kid and now you're in the mm-hmm. NFL, you said you have a little bit of money. Um, do you even remember what it was like? Like, it, does that seem so far away having to sleep in a condemned home with no electricity, no water? Do you remind yourself of that constantly so that you don't forget what that struggle was like? How, how do you, because now I, I would imagine life is completely different than what it was like when you were in high school in terms of the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the stuff that you have, the security that you have. Um, mm-hmm. Are you, are you, 
constantly reminding yourself to, you know, remain humble because of where you came from? Um, or maybe I'm reminding you. No, <laughs> there's definitely, you know, I definitely try not to remember some things. Um, okay. but definitely I, I, it's, you can't for you. I, I feel like I can't forget where I came from because it was so, I don't want to say traumatic, but it was just so there. Um, so going back to that book, that definitely, you know, I definitely, people, I've definitely dealt with like depression, anxiety, all that stuff. And, uh, that had, it had a lot to do with mommy issues and older brother issues, um, that, I can, I'm happy to say that I feel like I've put that stuff behind me in the last year or two, especially dealing with the death of my best friend, uh, Sean Cole, who, who I was living with and who knew everything, who I could always talk to and not feel judged or whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to, I can't forget where I came from. Uh, yeah, and your, your your best friend, as you said, uh, Sean passed away in a car accident. You named your daughter after him, which is a, an incredible tribute. Um, do do you you mentioned the anxiety and the depression? Did you ever speak to a therapist? Do you still speak to a therapist? Is this something that you ever considered? Um, I definitely considered it. Um, to be fair, I had a really few years ago really big psilocybin trip which was able to put a lot of things to bed for me i feel like kind of is that like with um, ayahuasca and all that stuff no uh, mushrooms mushrooms Um, okay yeah um so i'm a really big advocate and there's a company called maps who uh is trying to legalize basically mushrooms um and they just talk about the 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 benefits of mm-hmm. trips and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, losing Sean was definitely my biggest thing I had to get over. So that gave you clarity that trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. I feel like it, it kind of. I mean, it was over a you know process um, a few years ago that uh, you know I was definitely a little suicidal. I was definitely like doing things that was just trying to like we, me and my wife had always had a great relationship, but I would do stupid things to kind of like break that up. Cause I didn't feel like I deserved like happiness or deserve wow. a family. Like, like I have right now. Um, and you know, just honestly, I feel like reading, re- I started reading, three years ago and uh reading like self-help books like the undefeated mind um i feel like that that's what helped me get through my stuff not saying that uh meeting with a therapist wouldn't have been beneficial uh but i felt like you know i was i never i'm really to myself don't really like to talk to people don't really especially about feelings and stuff right uh so I, I kind of took it upon myself to kind of get through my stuff. Uh, the, these feelings that you experienced, suicidal, the stuff with your wife, mm-hmm. was this while you were in the NFL already? Oh, yeah. That's that's honestly when, uh, I know it's not like 
sounds crazy, but that's honestly when that was the height of it. That was like kind of in Oakland. That's kind of when it started. Just like the realization of I got, okay, I got money. I ha- I'm in the NFL. Why am I not happy? Hmm. Like why? And I did like, it was just, you know, I was covering, I was like just keeping everything down. And then when I got to the, basically I was keeping it down. Like, okay, once you get to the league, once you get money, everything's going to be great. And then when I got there and things aren't great, family stuff is getting harder. Um, then I lose my best friend a year and like in my second year. And that's when it kind of, I was a mess. How, how far did you go? Like how, how bad did it get? Um, I mean, it was like when I knew like I was really messed up was like, I was sitting with my buddy at his like apartment and it was like three stories high. And I was like, I, for some reason, like I couldn't like in the back of my mind, there was just like something whispering in my head. Like, you know, you can jump off. Like you can jump off right now. Be over. And then like, I was like, that, that really scared me. Do NFL teams have people in place that can help players dealing with this stuff? Like, do you, do you feel, mm-hmm. did you take advantage of that at all? I did. I met with a psychiatrist once um, when I was in Oakland. And I, that was very beneficial. And it wasn't, and I didn't open up to her like this. It was more like a, a, a me and my wife kind of thing. My wife mm. dealt, deals, dealt slash deals with anxiety. Um, so it was more like she was going there to talk to them. And then, uh, something happened in our relationship that I needed to go and, and, and talk with them. And, uh, and that was, I feel like it was very beneficial. Yet you only went once. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it, it, you know, I'm a, yeah. Uh, but big step that you did that nonetheless. By the way, now you have um, you obviously you're still with your wife. You guys are good, right? Yeah, yeah, great. Yep. How many kids do you have? Two. I have a son that just turned two, and my daughter turns five in like two weeks. And uh, will they move with you to New Jersey? Hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Like right now, they're not with me, so I'm like commuting every like Thursday. I get back to to Fort Lauderdale. Uh, and those four days without them is, is really, it really sucks. So yeah, there's no way they're staying. They're, they're coming back with me. Um, we have to talk about your love of MMA. Uh, that's how mm-hmm. we first sort of connected. And in fact, a lot of people might not know this. I believe you went to high school with Miguel Baeza, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's my guy. Man, what's I've up with t- Miguel? It's a tough run. He was looking so good. He's he's fought some tough dudes, and the last fight was I, a tough one as well. Andre Fialio. I think it's all. I think it's all mental for him. He is just. I try to tell him all the time, my bro. Like every like his first loss, he's just always like apologizing to everybody. Like I'm so sorry, I let you guys down. I'm sorry. Like, but my bro, like fuck saying sorry to us. Like. Yeah, you're the one that's out there like putting your body online. Like this is like, is like stop. Like he just, I feel like if I can, um, Charles Oliveira. I feel like him and I, I sent him a meme of 
it was like a meme of Oliveira's like first whatever fights and he's like mm-hmm. barely 500 mm-hmm. and then he went on this run now he's the champ like i feel like that's very he's gonna be very similar to that i'm hoping um but honestly like once he gets his mentals right and like stop worrying about letting people down like you have the skill you have everything like every all his fights that he lost um was that first fight oh he was beating buddies it was like might have been fight of the night and then went three rounds and he has a hell of a ground game that i feel like he needs to utilize a little bit what do, what do i know i play football but he pretty sure he's a black belt in jujitsu and you know he put buddy to sleep that uh asian guy with like he he like he has it all he just needs to work on his, his mentals a little bit uh, I remember around a year and a half or so ago, you pretty much guaranteed to me that when your football career is going to be over, you will become an MMA fighter. Is that still the uh, the plan slash dream? My wife is, is really uh, <laughs> not going for that. I don't know. It's like that the athletic part of me, the the me. I want to, and uh, right now, I'm, I know I'm going to train it, but it's it's really comes down to am I being greedy am i am i not looking out for am i putting myself before my kids because my kids you know deserve a dad that's not scrambled brains and Mm -hmm. um so it's the it's it's still up in the air right now but i definitely like i want i want to know i want i want that feeling of i remember when i was at the connor dustin fight when he broke his leg but when they turn out when they turn off all the lights and they'll play that no no like the chills like that that walk like i need like the competitor in me i want i want to be in there and uh i just gotta i gotta talk to my wife and get the okay i think it was lee smith who scored a touchdown and you you shot a double leg on him back in the day right i mean it's pretty damn nice i'm not gonna lie (laughs) you train actually at at this like i know you said you wanted to go to att right Mm -hmm. yeah have you been i'm no, but and not to say like you know I'm good, I'm cool with Mazda, and he's definitely like extended the invitation. And I've been over at MMA Masters before with Miguel and and the little groundwork over there. Um, it's kind of like the training for MMA and football are definitely completely different. Mm-hmm. And the more I got into MMA, the 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 less I. I spent time on football, which could be a good thing and a bad thing. But like when I, when I get into something, like I go, I go hundred percent and into it. Um, so right now I kind of, I'm, I'm keeping myself out of, out of there just okay. until, until I'm completely done. Um, but you know, I have coach Henry, you know, an hour away. That's like, Hey, you know, yeah, you he's like, have- he would do any, if you called up Mark Henry right now and said, let's train at 3 a.m., like I'm a big Bills fan. He puts, I, I mean, like I would not even, I'm not even one tenth as big of a Bills fan. I don't know, like I've seen him tweet to you. He puts up yeah. a shrine in his house every Sunday when they play. He's obsessed. <laughs> like that guy is legit obsessed. Yeah, um, I talk to him a lot. Yes, yeah, so he would he's, do, you, you don't need me to tell you this, he would do anything for you just because you played for uh, the Bills and because he's just a genuinely uh, amazing human being. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, he's definitely like... Yeah, that'd be sick. Hey, I'm, I'm, he, he doesn't push it, but he's like, hey, you know, I'm here. I'm very close if you want to stop by. 
Oh my god, that would be amazing. Uh, and by the way, since you're like such a proud Miami guy, I'm assuming you're a big King of Miami fan, Colby Covington, right? <laughs> I was at that fight. No, I know you were sitting fight. pretty close. I know. I got. I got that UFC hooked me up. My boy Matt Perino got. got oh, that's the, right. Yeah, Bill's beat writer. Great up. guy. And, and and Coach Henry, he 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 put in a word too. So wow, look at you. You yeah, got you got a bigger I, in I with a, them than I do at this point. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, no, he needs to stop calling himself that. Before he, he might, I would. Well, you you were about to say before he gets hurt, but then he got jumped. Yeah. Right. But, there's a lot of, you know, Miami's a crazy place and it only takes one crazy dude to, to not like what he, what he does to, for there to be big trouble. And right. I don't want, not saying I, I definitely do not want that, that Mazadal Kobe beef. I mean, I'm definitely on Mazadal side, but like, that's not like I, I was at MMA masters and Kobe was there and like, I wasn't going to like fight him or anything. Right. I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't say what's up to them. They, they were like, "Oh, you want me, Kobe?" I'm like, no, I'm good. But, um, <laughs> but like, you know, I'm never like that's not me. That's their business. But I'm definitely on Mazdal's side. There's that loyalty. Um, one last thing: Is there a fight coming up that you're super excited about? There's Izzy coming up. There's, yeah, that, that, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to get out to that that card. The, the Izzy fight, in July second. What second? Yeah, yep. I might be out, out of that one. But yeah, that card. Uh, big Valentina fan. So really? She fights in a couple. Is it like yeah, June next 11th. Or, Yeah, yeah. So my wife loves. Like, I got my wife into UFC hard, and she's a big. Uh, she loves watching the women fight. So she's a big wow. Valentina. She loves. She's like, oh, that dance she does at the end. I love it. And she just yeah, whips yeah. bitches' asses. Like, yeah, she's 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 great. So I'm excited for that fight. Um, I saw your emoji. Speaking of women's MMA, with the rose, like like kind of like that. That was that was weird stuff, right? <laughs> I feel like couldn't they just call it a draw? No one yeah. won that. You could have you could have scored the first round of ten ten. Yeah, like I guess like Carla did get her down, but like every time she got her down, Rose popped back up. It was really like I'm a giant Rose fan. Like I've been a Rose fan since the Ultimate Fighter, which is how I kind of got into MMA. Not her season, but one of the seasons. It was the season with Kimbo. Obviously just gonna say the guy. heavyweights, the heavyweights, yeah, right? And then watching yeah. Rampage, freaking right. Rampage Especially on the door. door. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, like that was the first. Like, I didn't even watch UFC until after then. Like, I was just watching. I was just flipping through the channels, and I think it was on Spike. And I yep. was like, oh, what's this? And then from that moment on, I've been a fan. Uh, but yeah, that Rose thing killed me. Yeah, it was tough. Very, very uh, puzzling performance. By the way, did you see Frank Gore's knockout over the weekend? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Miami guy, Bill guy, not bad. I love Frank. I don't think he should be fighting, but Frank I agree. Is gonna, Why is he doing this? Because he's just he. I would like when he was in the Bills, he would be there at six o'clock in the morning working out, like getting a full workout in before practice, before anything. Like that dude just knows one thing, and that's to work. And uh, he's very competitive, and you know, I mean. You guys might be saying the same thing about me that I said about Frank. Like, why is he in like what, like in a few years? So, where as I think he shouldn't be doing it, I love seeing him knock people up. Yeah, 
No, incredible. Especially, I know the the first fight didn't really go the way he wanted to against uh, mm-hmm. Darren Williams, but uh, that was amazing. This has been amazing, man. I really appreciate the time. I've always had a kind of weird feeling towards the Giants, if I'm being honest, because of the Super Bowl way back in the day. Wide right, Scott Norwood. <laughs> I mean, that, that's actually how I became a Bills fan. I was eight years old, and I was watching it at my uncle's house, and I was I felt so bad for those guys. Thurman, favorite player, Jim, and I was like, this is my team. And then, of course, they lose the next three Super Bowls, and now I'm, I'm stuck with them for life. That being said, now because you're on the team and because I live pretty close to the stadium, I, I will now be rooting for you. You'll, you'll be my NFC team, and hopefully we'll, we'll meet you in the, uh, the Super Bowl, and then, and then all bets are off. I, you know, I'd, I'd love for you to win. But if it's a game, I'm just being honest. I just, I just want that one. That's all. I just want that one. That's it. We're not gonna lie. When I'm walking in through the walking in the facilities, and I see you know, they have all four of those trophies up. Yes. And I, you know, I see the one against the Bills. I nowadays I'm just like I'm just smirking a little bit, like ha ha. Would that but, be the you know, dream? You know, playing them in the Super Bowl? <sighs> no, that wouldn't be a dream. I mean, it would be cool. Definitely would want to win, but you know, I would feel bad for the guys, especially too personal. Players. You'd rather just be some other yeah. team that you don't like. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather play them like the regular season. Yeah, I'll like All right. maybe go if I don't resign with the Giants. If they don't, you know, whatever happens in the future, if I have to go to another team, it wouldn't be too bad going back or going to a divisional team that I can play them twice a year. Right, just not Miami, please. Okay, if that's what you were referring to, I just that would not be cool. That one, I can't, I can't do the whole like I'll root for you just because you're on the team, Miami <laughs> for <laughs> life. Mean, Miami is definitely a hard sell. I can't deal with their freaking song after they score. Yeah, it's the whole the thing most, is just annoying. It's, but I do have a lot of, you know, anyways. I know. I'm very really happy to be a G man. Yes, it's going to be great. And uh, I love the connection to the Bills. So it only makes sense. You know, there's so many uh, familiar faces. Appreciate you, my man. All the best. Thanks for, uh, you know, sharing a bit about your story. Um, so and uh, thank you. Everybody. Thank you for everything you did for the, uh, the squad. It was, uh, it was really great. Um, getting to watch you play as a bill and thanks for rocking the shirt you're the man please you know when you walk into the stadium one day feel free when they take the photos of you guys feel free to rock it one oh, day that would be nice obviously come on i'm All here right. for you well i'll get a thug nose shirt too that's right that's right thanks john uh, before we get out of here uh, oh. i just want to say you know thoughts and prayers with the whole community of buffalo um it's horrible what happened and it's horrible to it's horrible regardless of where it happens, but especially like such a tight knit community and a great community that took me and my family in. Uh, I hate you know, it. Ruined my whole day. Didn't know that that happened, you know, in Buffalo and still thinking about them. And I love, I love the people out there in Buffalo. So thoughts and prayers with you guys. All right. What a great conversation that was. Uh, Really enjoyed it. And I know he's not the kind of guy that likes to open up. So I really appreciate him opening up the way in which he did and wish him nothing but the best uh, this year with the Giants and certainly echo his sentiments at the end of the conversation um, regarding the great city of Buffalo and the horrendous, horrific tragedy that occurred this past weekend at the uh, supermarket. Um, When will this all end? I don't know. And I'm not going to get all political, but uh, no community, including that one, deserves that. No family deserves that. No one deserves that. And uh, I pray 
like a lot of people in this country and around the world, that these insane, senseless acts of terrorism end and uh, end very soon. And so my heart grieves for Buffalo as well. And uh, I echo every single thing that he said, and I appreciate him saying that at the very end of the conversation. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to watch it, go to youtube.com slash Ariel Hawani. That's where you can see that conversation and all the other ones that we've done over the past 10 or so months. There's been a lot of great ones as of late. I hope you're enjoying this show as much as uh, I have been. Uh, I enjoy doing it every week. I enjoy putting it out. I enjoy having my friends, the Lovely Feathers, as the theme song. And so if you want to support us, all I ask, subscribe on YouTube. Give us a like, a follow, a comment, a review here on the uh, podcast platforms. And that's it. That's all I ask. Appreciate you guys very much. Thank you to our production team. Thank you to the listeners, the viewers. Love you guys. And of course, thank you to John Mongo Feliciano. What a gent. What a mensch. And best of luck to him this upcoming NFL season. Enjoy your weekend, my friends. I'll talk to you next week.